Welcome, I'm Kalia, and this is the Light Above Solitude podcast, a podcast for the multifaceted soul currently in search of that special spark. Light Above Solitude is for the woman who doesn't feel safe enough to be completely authentic. I am here to tell you, you were born to stand out. I am ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. I chat about self-discovery and growth through stories and lessons learned on my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment. My path is paved with breakdowns and breakthroughs. While I know I'm not unique in that, my intention is to open the door and invite you through on your own path of self-discovery. I will be right here with you as we illuminate your path and you realign yourself with the truest version of you. All right, time to get lit. Welcome to another episode of Light Above Solitude. I'm so, so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kalia. Today, we are going to chat about turning your mess into your message. I'm also doing a Facebook Live on this topic in a friend's uh, Facebook group. If you listen to this episode and it piques your interest and you want to dive in a little bit further, plus catch us live, go ahead and connect with me on Facebook and make sure that you join the Spiritual Hub with Jessica Dinatali. So the links will be in the show notes as well. You can either find me on Facebook personally or search Facebook for the Spiritual Hub with Jessica T. Natale. So turning your mess into your message. This is kind of what I was talking about in my Owning My Truth series episode called I Always Find the Silver Linings. Um, So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and go back and check that one out. Um, But This is also the reason why I started my business, Front Seat Rider. Um, I personally went through depression through most of my life, and I was such a high-functioning, depressed person that nobody was any wiser to these feelings and these thoughts that I I was having. So once I decided to start speaking up about them, my reason for that was really turning my mess into my message. I wanted my hurts and pains to not be in vain. And I wanted a place for other women who were feeling those same things or who were high functioning, who didn't feel um, that community or support behind them to talk to, um, to have a place that they could come and really feel like they weren't alone. I wanted my mess, my depression to be basically the catalyst to other people talking about their mess and their depression and and making the message be like, look, we all have these issues. We all have skeletons behind closed doors. Why can't we come together and talk about those things? So we're not feeling alone. Like that's the last thing you need to feel in depression is even more alone than you already feel. So I started my blog Front Seat Writer around that. And that was my first transition into this concept of turning my mess into my message. But for you guys, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about taking all these things that are really painful and turning them into something positive? It's a really, really hard thing to do, especially, especially if you're in the thick of that hard thing. 
we don't want to think about anything positive those positive things don't come to mind so what do we have to do we have to intentionally go out and seek those things so where do we start i have four ish <laughs> um topics to talk to you about today to help you in in that transition of turning your mess into your message. So the first one is to really start owning your truth like I did. Go back through my Owning My Truth series and look at all the things, the little tiny mind shifts that I, mind shift set shifts, excuse me. I'm like talking a million miles per second. That's how my brain works, guys. <laughs> so it's about turning those things into something more positive. So go back and look at my Owning My Truth series. Take a look at those tiny mindset shifts that I had to make to really start claiming things instead of the alternative. Like the alternative, if you don't take ownership of that mess, that mess will take ownership of you. And that's basically how depression is. Depression starts ruling your life, right? It'll just take over. So you have to stake claim your power, your authority, on those situations. So go back and take a look at those examples of some of the things that I've gone through and some of the some of the things that I've had to own. So start with the simple things first. I didn't overnight come to the conclusion that um, I was going through an identity crisis or that my depression had greater meaning or that I was thankful that my dad passed away. None of those things were like overnight things. I had to work through them. And so how did I start working through those? How did I start owning my truth? I started with the tiniest of things. What right now can you say is truth to you? So for example, if I was starting all over, I would say, well, what's truth? I am a woman. I am a cis female woman. That is, that is who I am. I know that as truth for myself. If you can claim that cool, if you claim something else, that is your truth. So take that statement. My statement will be, I am a woman. What does that mean to you? Why does it matter that you're a woman? So for me, I am proud that I am woman because it helps me feel motherly and nurturing to the things around me. Like, okay, so let's practice something I call the seven whys. And it's really difficult, but um, I learned this as a technique for journaling through your feelings, which you can also use that as well. But basically, I want you to use it as a seven whys to your truth. So something simple. I am a woman. What does that mean to me? It means that I have a lot of capability of nurturing other things. I'm not a mother but I am of course a dog mom and those dogs, Ryder and Lena <laughs> are my children. And I feel that I can really step into that nurturing role because I, I am a woman. I'm not saying that not everyone can be nurturing, but that is my truth for me. So 
will step into the seven whys. Why? <laughs> well, and then start going down that path. Why do you feel that you're more nurturing as a woman? Why do you feel that this and this and this? And every time you find an answer, ask why again. Ask why again. Really get to the root of why that's your truth. And then you can start to really own it and start making those connections. If you're journaling this down, I recommend you writing it down so you remember kind of the links to the process of you getting to the end conclusion. But if you're like me <laughs> and you talk a million miles per second and your brain can't keep up or your hand can't keep up in writing, then I would really encourage you to open up your voice message and just start speaking into your phone or you could also get online if you have Zoom. We're all on Zoom these days. You can go on and record yourself just talking. You don't even have to make it look nice. Like nobody's ever gonna watch this, right? But it would be good for your reference to see the links in your process of really diving into why this is your truth and why, is, why it is important for you to claim this truth. So, because I'm a fast thinker and a fast, uh, I'm very airy in my thoughts. I'm Aquarius. I'm all over the place. I do what I like to call groundhogging. <laughs> and it's funny because my birthday is February 2nd, which in the States is also Groundhog's Day. So I find it very fitting that I use this analogy. But groundhogging is basically when you throw out an idea the groundhog pops out of its hole, right? You can see them above surface. And then you start talking about that idea and all of a sudden the person listening sees a groundhog go into his hole and pop out the complete opposite side of the yard, right? It's popped out over here now and you're like, how in the heck did this groundhog get all the way over there? Well, there is a tunnel. There is a logical tunnel and a logical process that this groundhog went through to get from point A to point B, right? But the person on the outside can't see that. Right now, your, your conscious self only sees the hurt in most things, I'm guessing. Some, some of you might be different, but if you only see the hurt in some things and then all of a sudden you're popping out on the other side of the yard with this is a blessing we need to know how you got there we need to know how you made that process of owning your truth and the seven wise tool keep asking yourself why 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 until you get to that space of the other side of the yard and that groundhog is over there you know with a Twinkie if you're Caddyshack days. <laughs> I think I just aged myself <laughs> a little bit. But um, where, that, where that groundhog is completely happy, right? We need to see that process. We need to document that process. That's where the seven wise trick is really gonna help you. So be, being able to record that and really remembering how you got to that process is very beneficial. The next tool in turning your mess into your message his gratefulness, you guys. I know it's hammered home so many wellness practitioners, so many other people. But the reason is, is it works. Gratefulness is an awesome, awesome tool. And it's a tool that I use through my depression. It's a tool that I use to this day that has helped me 
really manage my mess. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to manage our mess. What do you have in this life to be grateful for? Now, I know, I know I've been, I've been there. Like, F you, I don't want to write down first thing I get up. I don't even want to get up, right? I don't want to think about anything. It is so hard to get in the habit of of thinking of gratefulness, but the more you do it, the easier it is. One of my good friends, Judy, always says it's hard until it isn't, which is so, so true. You keep pushing through. You don't ride your bike the first time you jump on a bike. But if you did and you learned and you got to that process, now you jump on and it's not hard anymore. It's hard until it isn't. So if you can force yourself to think of three things daily that you are grateful for, don't put any pressure on any of these things. These aren't like, I'm grateful for world peace or whatever. I'm living in a world where there's world peace, which is fantastic. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but um, these aren't like monumental things. These are like tiny things. Like when I was in the thick of depression, it was like, I am grateful I woke up. I am grateful my bed is warm. Like, come on, like simple, simple things. But if you really start breaking it down and start getting in the habit of finding those good things, especially if you do this exercise in the morning, it trains your brain to look for these good things throughout your day. And it's also good to do this exercise of three gratitudes at the end of the day. So therefore, when your subconscious brain takes over, when you're dreaming, you're still looking for those good things, those happy things, those things that you're really grateful for and want to cling to. So I would suggest if you can to do it morning and night. I currently just do it in the morning. But don't put any pressure on yourself about how big these things have to be. If you repeat yourself, I normally don't go back and look at the things because I know I repeat myself like my bed is warm. Uh, I'm thankful for coffee. I'm thankful for my dogs. I am thankful for puppy cuddles. Like those are things that I say a lot. And that is okay. It's literally the habit of looking for the good things. If you have the same good thing, why is that bad? Nobody, it's not bad. We're not going to claim that as a rule that you have to find different things to be grateful for. If you have the same things, it's just being in that vibration of gratitude that is going to see you through your day. So that's my second tip on turning your mess into your message. My third tip is going to be one that is really, really hard because I am still working on this. Um, As I am a self-proclaimed empath and a highly sensitive person. And so I think this kind of goes against some of the things that I internalize. But the third tip is to get over yourself. And that's so harsh to say because I'm still getting over myself, but it's also so harsh to hear because it's really difficult, especially if you're a personality type like me. I'm a very, very people-pleasing, empathic. I want everyone to be harmonious. I want everyone to be pleased so that we can all be happy and joyous and la-la-la together, right? (laughs) So 
get over yourself. Now, what I mean by that is that I personally am way too much in my head about what other people think, about what other people think of me. And it's silly. I know it stems from way back, way, way back um, in evolution. We're talking caveman days. We're talking tribe days. It was the tribe mentality. We needed other people to like us, other people to accept us into the tribe because everyone had a goal. Everyone had a, um, a job, right? In the tribe days, everyone had a job. So if, if Sally's job was to go hunt and fish, she would be bringing home food. If Ryder's job is to protect the cave and ward off any threats, I would be safe if therefore Sally and Ryder liked me, accepted me into the tribe. But uh, we don't need that anymore. We don't need, in this day and age, our tribe can be anybody we want our to be in our tribe. We're no longer looking for those low survival hierarchy things, the shelter, the food, those things we already have and we're already taking care of ourselves. So when we're looking for a tribe nowadays, we're looking for a tribe based on interests and values. One of the things, one of the quotes that I have um, referred myself to often is that it's none of my business what other people think of me, which sounds silly, but it has helped me. It's none of my business what other people think of me. Everybody is either not giving a crap about you or thinking what you're thinking about them, just like you're thinking what they're thinking about you. It's very, if I could use the word meta, I guess, but none of this is helpful to our healing and to our way of life. So we need to get over ourselves, get out of our heads. And another um, quote that has helped me do this in my life is from Maya Angelou, which um, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you've said and will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's one that I think I internalize more when I find myself dwelling over what this person is going to think of me, what this person has to say about me. It's when I'm starting to do or to say like, like this podcast, there's been a lot of imposter syndrome around, um, well, who's going to listen to my story? Who's going to care? Well, it's not about them. It's about me expressing my story. And so they're not going to, they're sooner or later down the road, everyone's going to forget what I said. Everyone's going to forget the verbatim wordage that I say, but they're not going to forget how I made them feel. If you listen to this and you vibe with me and connect with me, it's going to resonate with you, right? And that feeling is what's eventually going to carry you into your life. And so we have to stop thinking about what are they going to think if I do this? What are they going to think if I say this? It took me a lot of guts to say my Owning My Truth series making a title, a caption for those videos, for those episodes, saying things that unless you listen to the video won't make sense. Like, 
I had a hard time and I still have a really hard time getting over myself, but I'm getting better at it. And like I said, people are only thinking about themselves. They're they're either thinking about themselves, not thinking about anything, or thinking about what you're thinking of them. So nobody really cares. <laughs> Everyone's worried about something else. So if we can get out of our own way, we are the only thing that stands in our way, our path to true healing, to healing those things that we call a mess. So if we can start getting out of our own way, getting over ourselves, and start actually doing and saying the things that we feel are our truths, then we can finally move past these things. So that is my third tip for turning your mess into your message. My fourth um, goes along with owning my truth. You need to start telling your story. I am a firm, firm believer in storytelling. The storytelling is exactly the way my ancestors passed down information and lessons. I'm Hawaiian through the art of hula, the art of storytelling. Through dance, generations could send messages, send lessons that would live on through generations to come. I am dancing songs and stories from old, old times. This is the way storytelling is the way to get the message to perpetuate down the line. Not only are you helping yourself by telling these stories? My Owning My Truth series originally started for my own healing, for my own grasp on my mess, for my own ownership of those things that have owned me in the past. But once you get past that, your messages are helping so many other people. By spreading that story that can be told over and over again through generations, eventually it will sink in to a few individuals down the line, <laughs> at the very, very least, and you will be able to help them heal from your stories. If nothing else, start thinking about the way you tell those stories to yourself. Life and death are in the tongue. And I know that's a scripture from the Bible. Um, and I'm not going to get into religion, but I've always thought about that quote, life and death are in the tongue. And I do plan on doing an episode about this, but whatever you are affirming is what you're affirming. So if you keep telling your story about guilt and shame and how you went through the divorce and how you were, you know, on the brinks of suicide and depression and how you lost and you grieved. If you keep telling these stories that are affirming your guilt and shame, that's all you will ever get. Start telling your story in a way that highlights your lesson and your truth in the story. Because what you affirm is what you affirm. So if I'm affirming the lesson in this story that I am blessed because my father died or I am blessed because I went through depression and a dark night of the soul and all these things that I've gone through, that's what I'm affirming. I'm saying, hey, look, I went through shit. My mess sucked. But the lesson in that is I'm so much better off as a person. I'm a more capable person. I have, 
you know, all these things that I have because of that mess. And, and if you affirm those things, those things will keep affirming themselves. And I hope that makes sense. You want to stop affirming the guilt and shame and start affirming the lessons and the, the theories behind why you've gone through that mess. So I also want to talk about um, and point out the difference between the word mess and message. The only difference between these two words and spelling is the word age. Now, age is time, right? Um, you know, seven years, eight years, age is a time. So a lot of people tell you time heals all wounds, right? I want to take a moment to debunk that. I don't think this is necessarily true. I think this is something that a few people do experience, but overall, I feel that this is not truth. This is something that um, kind of gives us this idea that if we wait long enough, we'll be better. But Time only makes the situation different. It doesn't heal it. Healing only happens with willingness and effort. You can't lose somebody without properly grieving and then wait years down the road and feel as if you are better about it. The time only makes it different because they've been gone for so many years. You feel different about them. You have a different relationship if you believe in spirits and ancestors. The relationship is different, but you haven't healed from that because you didn't put in the willingness and the effort to grieve. You didn't allow yourself that grief, which I personally, I didn't allow myself to grieve my father for years. I would say probably a good three years at least afterwards, because I was so focused on helping my sister and my mother through their grief. I had, I felt that I needed to be strong for them, but it didn't heal me. It was like when I actually started allowing myself to grieve, it was like his death happened the day before. Like, so I want to debunk the thought that time heals all wounds because healing heals all wounds. <laughs> So what is the biggest thing that you've had to overcome? Or what is the constant struggle that always pops up in your life? Turn that mess, that thing that you have powered through, turn all those years of, of struggle into something beautiful. Turn your mess into your message by owning your truth, counting your blessings, sharing your story, and getting out of your own way of healing. Get out of your way. You are the only thing in your way of your healing. Nobody else can do it for you, but we can all stand together with each other. We can stand with each other while we're healing, but you are the only one who can heal for you. I hope you got something good out of this episode. Please hit me up on lightabovesolitude.com. Send me a voice message if you like. And I can't wait to see you in the live in Facebook, The Spiritual Hub with Jessica Di Natale. And 
let us know that you came from the podcast so we can give you a special thank you. And I'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming your light. You do not need outside validation anymore. Everything you need is already inside of you. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You are never truly alone, even in your darkest moments. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. Until next time, friends, I love you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you love what you heard and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected, but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support helps keep my content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com and look for the support tab. While you're there, you can check out all the great ways to stay connected with details on my membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can now even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right corner. Thanks again, and keep on shining, friends!